Hi, this is Emma Katrovis, host of the Artists on the Verge podcast, and you are listening to a solo episode. I named my solo episode Snippets because Artists on the Verge started as a research project into the lives of artists through interviews, and I imagine each solo episode in which I often share my readings on art, politics, economics, or anthropology, among other things, to be like a newspaper clipping. A piece of information or a source you might cut out and keep around for later use as you piece together the bigger picture of what it means to be an artist today. For further information about this podcast, visit the Artists on the Verge website, linked in the description. So I've found myself on several occasions almost arguing with people about the phrase, everyone is an artist. I first encountered this phrase in a series of essays by David Graeber and Mika Dubrovsky called Another Art World, which I read on this podcast. And ever since then, the term has just kind of been sitting in my mind and irritating me a little bit. And I finally decided, okay, I have to write up exactly why. And this is what I wrote up as concisely as possible. So with no further ado, here is just the text of me reading this essay. Of course, if you prefer to just read it very quickly, you can click on the link in the description. Here we go. We need a more boring definition of artist. Subtitle, the elitism of how we view artists comes up in strange ways. Everyone is an artist. I first encountered this phrase in a three-part essay on the, quote, high art market called Another Art World by David Graeber and Mika Dubrovsky, which traced the idea back to the early Romantic philosopher Novaris. According to Graeber and Dubrovsky, this romantic ideal ultimately inspired what may have been the most ambitious social experiment in the arts in recent memory, the proletkult or art communism put into practice. Since reading Another Art World, I've also heard the phrase everyone is an artist connected back to individuals as disparate as writer Julia Cameron and artist George Makunas on unrelated occasions. The phrase, everyone is an artist, seems particularly to appeal to artists. In fact, I wonder if it really appeals to anyone except those who fancy themselves artists. But I believe it's actually both bad for artists and, despite its apparent egalitarianism, yet another example of the romantic glorification of what artists do. Sure, anthropology supports the idea that humans are inherently drawn to art-making, Every human society has something we would call art, and children in every society seem to spontaneously gravitate towards activities that fall under the arts. For these reasons, among others, anthropologist Ellen Dissanayaka dubbed us homo aestheticus. According to Dissanayaka, in hunter-gatherer societies, everyone really is an artist. And yes, the phrase, everyone is an artist, works today if we use the word artist in a very broad sense which is how it is best understood, according to Nika Dubrovsky, the co-author of Another Art World. Used this way, it can be a kind of battle cry for our common humanity, one that might actually mean everyone should have the freedom to imagine and act on that imagination, to dream and convey those dreams to others, to be listened to by one's community and affect change in one's environment. So why might it still be wrong to say everyone is an artist? Within the kind of society in which 99.88% of humanity lives, artists have a function, creating everything that falls under the arts, including entertainment. It is or should be a form of service or care work. 
If we are homo aestheticus, then taking care of our artistic needs is a necessary function within a post-industrial, highly specialized society where most people do not have the time to refine the skills of telling stories or making music. Anyone who has read the essay Another Art World might at this point be thinking, that sounds an awful lot like artists being the priests of society. And of course, Graeber and Dubrovsky argue this glorified function of artists, which they say emerged after the Industrial Revolution, contributed to the excesses of the art world. It is that wholesale rejection of art making as a specialized service and as a form of care requiring expertise that the Another Art World essays, though brilliant, lose me. It leaves me with the question, how is the function of artist fundamentally different from all the other specializations, doctor, engineer, teacher? It seems to me that one would have to argue for a revolution much deeper than just a reimagining of the art world to accomplish what Dubrovsky and Graeber seem to envision, namely a return to close-knit communities in which everyone is a food provider, healer, teacher, and artist. Given that Graeber was an anarchist, maybe that is the ultimate vision. But this is muddled by the fact that the essay ends by asking us to imagine redirecting vast sums of money to build a, quote, house of culture on every street. Not a particularly anarchist proposition, given that it would involve a centralized power redistributing money under the unexamined assumption that everyone wants a house of culture on their street. I understand that Graeber and Dubrovsky aren't being literal when they ask the reader to imagine the scenario. But if even a great intellectual like David Graeber, not working alone but with co-author Nika Dubrovsky, could not viably envision a world in which everyone is an artist, but everything else stays the same, then perhaps we should question the premise. Despite how much time Graeber and Dubrovsky spend arguing against putting the arts and artists on a pedestal, the phrase everyone is an artist must actually stem from the glorification of what an artist is. Artist, in this context, seems to indeed stand for someone who has the freedom to imagine and act on that imagination, to dream and convey those dreams to others, to be listened to by one's community and affect change in one's environment. The problem is that artists do not and should not have a monopoly on these basic human rights. Rather than saying everyone is an artist, I think we simply need to have a more boring definition of what an artist is, a practitioner of the set of practices which fall under art and entertainment. Such practitioners should not be glorified as more creative, more free, or more worthy of being listened to than everyone else, but should also be understood as highly skilled in a set of crafts which can be valuable to others. In short, 1. Artists serve a necessary function within a large-scale society dependent on specialization. 2. However, within such a society, artists should not have a monopoly on creativity, freedom, expressiveness, imagining things, delighting others, aesthetics, communication, or even storytelling, even if they interact with these things quite a bit. 3. Artists are a distinct, albeit very diverse and hard-to-document demographic with distinct social and economic concerns, and saying, quote, everyone is an artist, needlessly erases them. Which leaves us with a much bigger question. What deprivation is the phrase everyone is an artist trying to address, and what would it take to actually address it? So, um, I end with uh, some notes, which really should be footnotes. I won't read all of them. You can look at the footnotes yourself. I've uh, linked the article in the description. But I do just want to read two footnotes that are a little bit more substantial. One of them is about the thing I say about 99.88% of humanity. 
So uh, when I say the kind of society 99.88% of humanity lives in, I'm talking about non-hunter-gatherer societies. I'm not an anthropologist, and I realize simply dividing humanity into hunter-gatherers and large-scale and specialized is extremely reductive, though I think still useful in this case. If you have a better way of putting it, let me know. And then another one. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with this, this idea because it's not particularly helpful to anyone or me. But the footnote is, speaking of what artists do not have a monopoly on, artists are not all creative. How creative is a rank-and-file orchestra member, opera singer, dancer, or even actor? I've been a performer employed by theaters and ensembles and can say unequivocally that creativity is not the distinguishing feature of every kind of art making. This is also addressed in art anthropology because creativity is in fact not associated with art making in every culture. So those are just two footnotes I thought I would add at the end. Uh, you can just see the full footnotes at the end of the article linked in the description. So there you go. Catch you next time. Here's to being on the verge.